We're going to be learning the Hamedrash Vahamasa on Parshas Truma. The Torah begins the Yikhuli Truma. Take for me Truma. So the Medrash comments, Kaviyachol Osiatem Lokrim. It's as if you're taking Hashem Himself. So we need to understand this because it says Yikhuli, take for me, and the Medrash is interpreting as if it's saying Osi, take me. So we have to understand where the Medrash gets this idea in the Pasuk. Then the HaMedrash Vamasa quotes other Midrashim. The Medrash explains that Hashem said the first two commandments at Har Sinai, even though it was a silly thing to do because the Jews couldn't handle it, because he saw that they were going to do the Egel, the golden calf, so he wanted to preempt it. So we have to understand that. Also, the Medrash tells the story that when Moshe was late coming down from the mountain, so the Satan showed them an image of Moshe's casket as if he had died and they were going to go sin and Hur tried to stop them to remind them of all the great miracles that they had just seen. So this whole story also requires explanation. So the Medrash Ramasa explains that one of the core beliefs of Judaism is that God has no physical form. We can't comprehend God. He's way beyond any human comprehension. And that's a very difficult thing to understand, but that is one of the core beliefs that the Rambam lists. Now, when the Jews left Egypt, which was a land of idolatry, so the whole message of Egypt is that you can understand God, that you can experience him and build images of him, that God is not beyond our comprehension. So it was a very difficult adjustment for the Jews to begin to understand that the true God is something that cannot be understood or comprehended at all. So this is a good part of Moshe's leadership and his mission, and this struggle continued throughout the generations to make sure that everybody understood that there is no way to visualize God physically. Now, when they came to Har Sinai, so Moshe went up to heaven for 40 days and nights, and he was living in heaven, which no human being can do. He didn't eat or drink. He was living a totally spiritual life. So we can imagine how much confusion this must have caused among the people because here Moshe had been telling them over and over again that there's a sharp divide between God and humanity and only God lives a totally spiritual life and then suddenly this man this human Moshe who they knew to be a person like them is living like a God a totally spiritual life. So this again reinforced what they had been taught in Egypt, that there are people who straddle between God and humanity, and they're a combination of both. So says the HaMedrash V'Hamaseh, that's the meaning of this Medrash, that the Satan showed them an image of Moshe in heaven. The crisis wasn't that Moshe had died, as most people understand it, but the crisis was that it looked like Moshe is a half-breed. He's a half a god and a half a human, and he can sort of go between heaven and earth. So that undermined the whole teaching that Moshe was giving them, that there's a sharp divide, only God is a God, and people have nothing to do with God. So now the people didn't know what to do. They started to sin. They figured the Egyptians were right, and we can build idolatry, images of God, because there is a strong connection between God and humanity. God is in some ways physical. So that's what precipitated the sin of the Agel, 
that the people went back to thinking the way they had originally, that there was a way to portray God physically, and that's why they were building an idol to be their physical representation of God. So Hur tried to remind them of all the miracles that God had done. In other words, he was trying to respond to their argument. He was saying the fact that Moshe can live in heaven is not that Moshe is a half a God. It's another miracle that God is doing. Yes, ordinarily human beings can't live like that, but this is a special miracle to allow Moshe to exist that way. So Hur is trying to reiterate that there is a sharp divide between God and the physical world, and this is a special miracle that Moshe is living up there. But the masses of people were not willing to listen to him, and unfortunately the situation was so tragic that they actually killed Hur. And that Medrash Ramasa says that we see this all throughout Jewish history, that people doing the wrong thing act like they're doing something very righteous, and they kill people who are trying to stop them. It gets totally out of hand and violent, and Hur was the first such sacrifice. So after that, Aaron backed off from rebuking them because he realized that this crowd was out of control and they're just going to kill him as well. So Aaron tried to deal with them as best he could. And then when Moshe came down, they had a full-on civil war and they defeated these idol worshippers. So now after this, they were going to build the Beis HaMikdash. And this had the exact same problem because it seems to indicate that God can have a physical presence, a home in this world. So there was a real problem with the Beis HaMikdash because it would reinforce this idolatrous way of thinking. Now, on the flip side, there were so many benefits of the Beis HaMikdash. First of all, it brought physical blessing to the world and to the Jewish people. So even though there was an ideological concern with this building, but it brought all sorts of blessing to the Jewish people. And it also stabilized the Jewish people politically because this was the seat of Malchus Beis David of the Jewish monarchy. So the Beis HaMikdash brought a lot of stability to the government of the Jewish people. And finally, the Beis HaMikdash was also the place where people would come to be re-energized about Torah and mitzvos. So it provided a lot of moral and religious and spiritual support to all of the Jewish people. It strengthened the observance of mitzvahs. So for all of these reasons, the Beis HaMikdash was a central building in the Jewish world. And even though there was a concern of people thinking that God's presence is actually there, it was worth it to have all these benefits of the Beis HaMikdash, which strengthened Judaism and the Jewish people and Torah observance and a connection with God. So this is a very interesting way of looking at the Beis HaMikdash. Basically, there was a clash. In terms of belief, it would have been better to not have the Beis HaMikdash, but there were all these benefits for the Jewish people. So the way the HaMedrash Vahamasa sees this is that God, so to speak, self-sacrificed his own honor, even though people would think that God has a physical form, he was willing to sacrifice that for the overall good and stability of the Jewish people. So that's the message implicit in the Beis HaMikdash that God was willing to overlook the concerns about what people would think about him for our good. So that's what the Medrash is trying to say, the Yikhuli Truma, take for me Truma, it's highlighting this tension, that the Beis HaMikdash is going to minimize God himself glory, the realization that he's totally separate from the world. But God says, I'm willing to do that. That's what it means. Take me. It's a way of saying that Hashem is overlooking his own honor for the good of the Jewish people. 
So that's what the Medrash is trying to say, that we are going to benefit from the Beis HaMikdash, so Hashem is willing to give up of His own glory in the world. That's the meaning of that line. And that's also how he understands what the Medrash says, that Hashem spoke to the Jews directly at the giving of the Torah, the first two commandments, even though it was a silly thing to do. So why was he willing to do that? Because he saw that they were going to do the sin of the Egel. Says the HaMedrash V'Hamasa, what it means is because Hashem understood that the Jews are not fully understanding that he is totally beyond the physicality. And the proof for that is because they're about to do the sin of the Egel. So that's exactly why they're asking to hear the voice of Hashem because they're not understanding that Hashem is not physical at all. So Hashem was willing to give them that because he realized that they were not on the fullest level of understanding yet. So this is another example of Hashem being willing to be flexible in his own honor for the good of the Jewish people. So we see from all this that it's more important to Hashem that the Jews better themselves and follow the Torah more than philosophical inquiries or these theoretical understandings of Hashem. Now that said, the Hamedrash Ramaseh does add that even in the Beis HaMikdash, there was still a lesson for the Jews that Hashem has no physical form because the Aron and the Kruvim on top were a total miracle. They didn't take up physical space and they would still stand in a totally miraculous way. So that was a proof for the Jews that there are things that are utterly beyond physical comprehension. So that was a little lesson for them in what Hashem's nature is. So even though the Beis HaMikdash gave this impression that Hashem has a home in this world, it also was able to teach on another level that Hashem is totally beyond and incomprehensible to physical form.